Welcome, welcome all. So appreciative, so thankful for you guys to be here, press and play for episode 32 of Barnes University Radio. Senior Bowl practices have just concluded. Today's Saturday, early morning Saturday, so the Senior Bowl game will be this afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Um, Central Time. So, I've been watching tape. Uh, some would say that it'd be late since the roster came out on the 16th, but I have my own process. Um, I actually like to stay either a little bit behind media or a little bit ahead because I don't want my uh, opinions to be tainted because we're human. Um, and I kind of like to not know stuff. It gives me motivation or I like to be ahead, like I said. So I just finished watching tape of all the seniors, every single one of them. Or I'm going to be honest, there's like five guys at the bottom that I have not touched. One of them are is uh, Colin Saunders, which I've seen, uh, I've seen enough outside of the field you know, outside of his tape, but I definitely have to dive into his, to a couple, to a few games of his. So, um, I'm going to just talk about some of the guys that I like. I have, I did not get to see much of uh, the practices, to be completely honest. Uh, for those that know me and follow my Twitter account, at BU underscore scouting, I just closed on a house. I just uh, I just closed on a sold house. Well, the person closed. That house is sold. Then I'm moving to a new house, closed on that house, and I'm moving stuff. Had to move a little bit out of the sold house into storage, and then storage to the new house has been a lot going on. It's really life, and, uh, you know, it's life compared to, you know, and then doing what I love with this. So it just is what it is, you know, no excuses. Without further ado, I'm going to get to some of the guys that I I like from this Senior Bowl, uh, I guess it's a class, Senior Bowl class, um, Senior Bowl group from the South Squad. That's what I started on. Um, I, I, I should be able to catch the game later today. If not, I'm going to go through all the practices, and then I'm going to go through the North Squad all of the North squad and then go to my usual picking up position group and just going down and just, you know, I'm more of a binge watcher. You know, I can't just, I love my November, December, you know, January, February ish starting date and then ride me out into the draft. Some guys watch tape throughout the year and they kind of go back to the notes and add in. I don't like to do that. I don't like to, 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 to build up that player and then come back. I, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. Um, but I don't, that's not my process yet, but I, I have learned, I do need to start a little earlier. So there's a little humility for you, a little bit of self-improvement there, but without further ado, let's get to the juicy stuff. Um, right before that, I, I actually want to say, uh, this about the scouting, I think Dan Hatman said it best. It's like we're judging humans playing a game and trying to predict the future, right? And the art of scouting being, you know, super detailed in scouting reports, it's made so that what you're trying to or what you your opinion is easily um, 
understood by others by being super detailed to the point that they could, you know, picture this guy without them even watching tape from your reports. Now, what I do in this process is I do a thing that I coined as quick scouting. You know, obviously what I write down, I'm going to understand. And my hit rate and my success rate of guys that's been successful in the NFL is accurate. But if a GM was to go through my notes, he wouldn't he wouldn't convey that message. So, you know, in terms of improving writing scouting reports, that wouldn't be a problem to me. But it would be extensive based on the, the amount of players that I go through. A lot of pl- people go through just a certain amount of players and then they'd be like, oh, I did my scouting report. No, I go through a ton of players. So it would be very difficult for me to be so extensive and detailed. So I really just stick to who I know will be good. If you're not going to be good, if you're not going to be an NFL player, why spend so much time on you? You know, that's just what it is. And, and and this is this is a job. This is a vocation. This is, you know, nothing personal against these young men. But we got to know who's playing in this league or not. Not if we, you know, want to be a charity case and try to help you. Now, there's been guys that, you know, I'm pretty sure that has not had good college tape developed into good NFL players. But the likelihood is low. So, like I said, I just feel like... I was told that by a popular Nashville radio guy that, you know, not necessarily told, but I showed him one of my reports on Cooper Cup and Corey Davis and Clayton Fedulum of a few years ago. And, you know, I was spot on, but his response was great, great analysis. My quick scouting scheme, right? He looked at it. It was like, I, I don't go over a paragraph, you know. A um, couple sentences, three sentences, and he was like, "Oh, I can't wait till you get more detailed in 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 uh, in next year or whatnot." But you know, I was trying to pair that with my accuracy. But I understood what he said. You know, I now understand what he said. Just when other people view it, they want to be told a story, and that just goes down to the basic core of human nature, not just you know scouting. So. I will start doing that more, especially with maybe some of the more higher profile guys, because I'm not going to do it with like a guy undrafted free agent. You know, I can't do it for 500 prospects. I could, but it's not. And that's where I kind of battle at. Do you want to 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 be fancy and kind of have the aesthetic piece of a scouting report or do you want results? Because if you want results, I'm your guy. If you want this you know, presentation and PowerPoint, then I don't know. So that's all I really got to say. That's my preface. Uh, Anyway, South Squad of the Senior Bowl, here are some of the guys that I like. I'm not going to necessarily clamor about some of the guys that I don't like. Um, You know, know, and and another thing is, (laughs) excuse me, it's been a while since episode 32. If you're truly my fan and supporter, you feel what I'm saying. But, um... Another thing is with these guys in terms of if I ever get on a radio, if I ever say anything that somebody would deem derogatory towards somebody's, you know, uh, goal or vision or dream to get to the NFL. I don't mean that. I don't mean to, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say. It comes down to you, whether or not you make it to the NFL or not. 
What I do is do what I see. I don't try to sugarcoat much because it taints my evaluation process. Now, can I talk with a little bit more of a filter? Sure. But I don't get on here and dog. You know, I don't make it out of my way to dog prospects, but I'm extremely honest and I protect the notion whether or not somebody is going to be a baller in the NFL or not. And there's there are certain guys that were great college players <clears throat> that will be great CFL players that would be great arena uh, players that would be great in a developmental league like the AAF and, you know, the double XL that's coming out. You know, there's there's players that will that that will be that will benefit from that type of exposure. But I predominantly like to look at game changing, uh, complimentary NFL players. So that's my that's my disclaimer slash preface. Let's go. Finally, Senior Bowl South Squad uh, players. Um, Terrell Hanks. I'll start off with him, linebacker. Um, I see him as a inside linebacker in a 3-4 front and maybe an outside linebacker in a 4-3, but I think he might be best suited in as an inside linebacker regardless. He's from New Mexico State. Um, some of my quick scout notes, good athlete, great size with potential. He played on edge as a rusher and a linebacker, um, has decent cover skills, good first step, lacks arsenal of pass rush moves right now. He's a project player. And this is something I've coined as well. Um, Lower legs are thin, which makes him susceptible for lower leg injuries. Now, this is a coined phrase, and I call it top-heavy. This is free game for you guys. Top-heavy is a term that I use for players who have an awkward build. And throughout my time scouting, which has been, you know, roughly five, six years, um being more serious about it this past year and a half or year but five six years of my scouting players that are built like that are more susceptible because it really comes down to common sense right if a guy has more weight such as big chest big arms but thinner legs he's carrying it's kind of like carrying uh you know a toolbox on top of chopsticks you know those chopsticks are going to break right so he does have that type of build, but he's chiseled, speedy in the box, um, at times a liability in coverage. Um, like I said, I have not watched extensive tape of practices, so it's not like I'm going off of anybody else's opinion. I believe Terrell Hanks is a fringe roster, uh, a late mid to late round guy. Um, he'll compete for a spot. I feel like he he could he could be like this year's Darius Leonard, him and a guy that I watched this summer that I did for coach, um, one of the uh, I can say his name Steve Ellis, one of the best DB coaches in the uh, in college. He asked me to do some tape watching and I watched Darius Harris's tape and you know him and Terrell Hanks and Darius Harris can be next year's Darius Leonard or Leonard. Um, but they'll be steals. They'll be the sleepers. Um, I don't necessarily think that a team may see what I don't see and take Hanks a little higher, but, uh, I feel like he's just one of those long armed, aggressive, aggressive, um, inside linebackers that can come and, and pop you. It fills the gap pretty well. Um, another guy I like was safety Jaquan Johnson from Miami. 
Um, he's an aggressive thumper type, blitz a lot, played in the box, slash at the line of scrimmage often. Not afraid to bang with the O-lineman, tight end, or fullbacks. Wasn't challenged vertic vertically enough on tape for me. Um, looks to be a zone type over a man type. Um, I got to see that tape um, with him versus more elite talent. Um, he has an opportunity to be a nickel slash dime linebacker. Um, see him as a second or fourth string type of safety slash special teams contributor. See him around a mid-rounder. I can see him being taken late because these type of guys are being drafted a lot and sometimes being moved to linebacker. At his height and weight, I feel like he stays in the secondary. He, there's no doubt about it. His strong suit is physicality. So it just depends on what scheme. And I'm not really a guy that says, will he fit the scheme or will he fit the scheme? If he is a great player, draft him and we'll work it out. Um, and I feel like he's the type of player that it is uh, coming down to how you're going to use him. Is he going to be your strong, you know, is he going to be your box safety strong guy? Is he going to be a package guy to where you put him at linebacker or uh, that, you know, that takes down the percentage of the snaps overall. So I like Jaquan Johnson. I'm going to speed it up a little bit since I spent so much time on my little uh, tangent. Um, Bruce Anderson is a, is a player that I can't help but on Twitter that people are going crazy about. He's a top-heavy built guy too. Um, so now that I can, now, now that I, now that I've introduced that term to you guys, now you know when I say it in future references. Top-heavy build that scares me a little bit, but he reminded me of a bigger Akram Wadley from last year's uh, running back class, but a faster Alfred Morris, if that makes sense. If you guys know those two players, which means from Akram, Akram Wadley has great lateral movement speed straight line speed and agility and a faster alfred morris is he plays well behind his pads to be uh that type of back um tremendous burst um has tools to be a receiver out of the backfield he he made amazing plays out of the backfield as a receiver um tough between the tackles can separate well uh off and on inconsistency and in pass pro needs work um I see him as a second to third uh, round mid uh, change of pace value all over the place because he could, I honestly believe you could put him out in slot receiver based on his hands that he showed on tape. I think you can put him out a little slot receiver in some type of packages, run little fly routes, seam routes, um, um, you know, those type of routes, hot routes right out there in screens and give him an opportunity on the edge, not just as a running back. Um, like I said, that top-heavy build scares me. But if he does stay healthy, I don't see any reason, man. This guy's tape was great. Obviously, is against a l different level of competition. But consistently on tape, he's a guy that makes you watch, watch, watch. Similar to Royce Freeman in last year and uh, Penny from uh, San Diego State last year. Those two guys made me have to watch tape extensively and it turns out it was just because they were good backs and bruce anderson is one of those guys now when when i'm going through those guys who would i actually take guys like jaquan johnson out of the three that i've mentioned would be one of the guys that i take anderson and hanks not sure yet but good players um who else let's see i'm just going through the jared stidham surprised me i was about to say surprise jared stidham surprised me uh going back in his tape because um, 
I have family members that are Vols fans. Uh, so I watched games like, you know, obviously I couldn't help but watch the Auburn game. And then obviously if, uh, of, if Alabama is on, you usually are going to tune in to some degree. So um, I watched Jared Stidham and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the guy's a decent quarterback, man. I, I, I mean, I think that, you know, I just go through my quick scouts. I think he handled adversity well early in his career with Baylor. I learned that he had a guardian and not a parent. I have to dig deeper into that story. I don't know if he's an orphan or, you know, something happened. But, you know, I I uh, sympathize or I understand. I relate to that situation. Um, he had a right foot injury with Baylor. Looks natural, very natural in the pocket. Good drop back, good footwork. Overall, good arm. Worked Malzone's offense well. Uh, moderate athleticism. Throws high at times and forces passes passes under pressure. That is a bad thing with him. When he's under pressure, he will do that whole back-footed, toss-it-up type of throw. Um, and that's how uh, I think Tennessee beat him. It's because, you know, as he was getting hit, he tried to force the ball somewhere. Just has to throw it into, a, it, into the dirt. Um, has great potential because he possesses foundational basic quarterback acumen. He has every, at, at the most basic level, he has everything you want in the quarterback. It's just about coaching from there. Um, accurate ball placement on the majority of his throws. I see him as a second round to fourth round type of guy. Back up at this point. A good coach and a good system. Sit a year. And I think he can be a starter in 2021, 2022. I think he's a good quarterback. Like I said, I think the biggest take from here is he's he possesses foundational, basic quarterback acumen and skills. So you're working with a guy that's going to give you something from the get-go. It's just about honing in on, you know, like I said, those mistakes that he makes under pressure and just fine-tuning everything. So Jared Stidham was a pleasant surprise. Tyre Brady, uh, thin-framed, um, has the occasional acrobatic catch like Corey Davis. I just felt like he did. He had, from what I've been hearing on Twitter, can't help but see it. He had a good senior bowl. Um, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, is he going to be, you know, a uh, a flash in a pan type of guy? Or is he going to be like a Mar- Marquez Valding, Valdez Scantling for the Packers last year? Not the speed of uh, Valdez Scantling. But like one of those guys that pleasantly surprise you, I'm uh, the jury's out on him for me uh, right now. So uh, David Long Jr. from West Virginia, he's the type of guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder, competitive, better off the ball or clean, struggles to disengage, flies around, lack of length and speed to be outside linebacker full time. But um, like I said, he needs to avoid contact on the inside. He's more effective if he's free. Um, needs to see more consistently versus the run because he's 5'11", 221. So he can get washed a little bit. But I like his speed, like his uh, opportunity to be a special teams player, third string type of guy. Could be a dime slash nickel linebacker, carve out a niche, you know, if he works on his pass coverage. So Gary Jennings was a pleasant surprise as well uh, watching tape. I like his size and potential, catches with hands. You know, when I say that, people like catches with hands. Aren't you supposed to? No, some people catch with their body. You know, some people catch with the forearms, to be completely honest, kind of cup it. He kept, he consistently catches the ball the right way. He's a decent route runner, but not elite yet. Um, he's not fast, but he can separate. He's a Pierre Garçon type for me in his prom. Um, 
And, you know, I said a question. I made a note. Can he do this versus NFL cornerbacks? I've heard he's been doing that at the Senior Bowl. So that projection was right. I got kind of a – he he's moving up some boards, I believe. or move, I hate to say moving up boards at this time of the year, but he's gaining recognition and respect from a lot of guys where I had a mid-round grade on him to where he could sneak into the bottom of the second round or second round. Um, I look at him as a complimentary, like a, you know, not necessarily the exact same, but a role of a Muhammad Sanu type, and he's dependable. That's that's the biggest thing, and I think he can make plays when need be. 6'2", 215, so. Um, who else did I like? Fulgham, Travis Fulgham. He's a big athletic type, route tree, prowess is to be determined or desire, 50-50 ball, he had a lot of target shares there at Old Dominion. Um, he's a fluid runner, not blazing speed, but has good speed. Want to see him compete. So I had those notes for him. So it's going to be really important for me to see him um, perform and look at these practices and how much tenacity he has against better corners. Because not all these corners will make it to the NFL or be dominant. So a lot of times you say the best versus the best. Some of those corners there aren't, aren't good to be completely honest. So I think he has a lot of potential. Like I said, he, he has a, I think, you know, he has some injury history. So it's like, uh, you know, all these players are going to have nicks and bruises. So jury's still out on him. You know, I like him. I like the basis of, of some of these receivers, like him, Brady, and, and Jennings, what they could be. It's just about how they move forward. Out of the three, I really like Jennings. But it is what it is. And Gardner Minshew, and it's only crazy that some people, like, you kind of prejudiced or whatever. You kind of um, judge people by their name and be like, Gardner Minshew. You know, some people do. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that I did that, but I'm, I'm just saying some people do. And it's like, who is this guy? You know, compared to with his story. But I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised with Gardner Minshew, uh, the second. So, 6'2", 220 from Washington State, that might lead system. Solid quarterback, can operate in the pocket. Quick release is, for the most part, accurate. Throws off back foot when pressured and misses high. And he does that, kind of like with Stidham. When pressure's in his face, man, he'll air it out, and it's just a gift to the defense. Um, he has backyard tendencies and poor fit, footwork at times, which lead to air and passes. Has good rhythm to his game. Would like to see him in a pro system under center on the whiteboard and his measurables. I was able to see some of his measurables on the first day when they checked in. So that was good. He checked that out for me. He checked off some lists for me. I look at him as a backup slash starter. And, you know, I feel like he can be a backup or a starter in whatever situation he's drafted to. I always like my quarterbacks to sit a year. You know, if he's coming into the league, I want him to be behind a veteran no matter what to learn. There's very rare occasions where I think a guy can come in and be an NFL quarterback off the jump. Um, like I said, I want to see him see his habits. You know, I want to see him have better habits, you know, as far as as a quarterback. And he has that, um, you know, I hate to throw this word around, but a gunslinger. He's not necessarily so much a gunslinger, but he has that, you know, playground feel to him. And I feel like, you know, uh, Jim Nagy said this as well. I feel like he has a, a better opportunity than most to win the MVP or at least be the best player on the field for the South 
as far as all the quarterbacks. And it's going to be a close second with Stidham for me. And it's because of that ability to improvise and his flair. And I think he has a great attitude in terms of for a locker room. Um, I like the kid. I mean, I really, I really, I really like him. I like his type. You know, I like those type of quarterbacks. Um, hard to find a comparison. I don't want to quite compare him to a uh, Baker Mayfield, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get those comps. But for me, you know, the biggest things with some, those type of quarterbacks is, you know, to hone in on that playground mentality, focus on the details, um, protect yourself being at that size, and to know how to operate in the pocket because their guys are taller than you and you got to learn how to operate in the pocket. I like Gardner and interested in seeing his journey. Now, this guy, Foster Moreau, I have to mention him. I don't necessarily feel like... Um, Foster Moreau is like a super duper, you know, the next Gronkowski, but I like him, man. I like him in terms of, I said that he's a future coach. Um, his football IQ stands out. He's an active blocker. So it, he might be interviewing for a next coaching position, if not a player, because the guy's sharp. He's a future coach, if not a head coach, in my opinion. I said it first here, here and now. On this podcast, episode 32, January 26th, Foster Moreau, if he's interested, will be a future coach, if not a future head coach. So, uh, moving on, Juan Thornhill from Virginia, I think he's a very interesting, pleasant surprise at safety. Um, 40-inch vertical, shows it on tape, good feel for his role at Virginia, which was more like a zone safety um, has a athleticism to play, man. Just size is a concern. He's six foot, probably 5'11", 2, 210. His um, size versus bigger bodies. Has some big iron interceptions on his resume, like some game-changing interceptions versus uh, big ga- versus great opponents in big games. Dives at ankles too much, which leads to missed tackles. Um, I don't see an immediate starter, but a contributor. Thing is, he got he has to get. Um, stronger, and he has to tackle better, um, better form. I like his ball skills. Really project him like I'm, I, I looked at tape. He did play cornerback before, and that's kind of what I see him as. He'd be a great cornerback, and he has that experience. He could find a role like in the dime nickel role as a cornerback. You know, um, that skill set as a safety, he could be like a Glover Quinn type, but I really like him. You know, and this is very early for me to share this type of things. I'm going to go back and look at all these players. Raquel Armstead is another interesting um, running back that kind of you kept on watching him. Has great contact balance, good burst. Um, um, I kept this stat. He fumbled six times at Temple on 573 carries. That's every 96 carries. So if the running back has 20 carries about every five games, in the NFL, you have 16, so he'll fumble two or three times a year, and that's a resume for a running back. You want to get those numbers to like, to like, you know, perfection to zero, but one, you know, if that, I prefer my fum- people not to fumble at all, but it is what it is. I think I want to see him catch the ball out the backfield. It wasn't asked to do that at Temple a lot. Um, 
and you know this is a disclaimer this is one of those things where attitude you know i saw a lot of times during tape when things didn't go his way he kind of threw a fit so it's just it's just one of those you know when adversity strikes what type of player is he going to be i look at it as a fourth to sixth round mid round guy these these things right now can move up and down back up slash third running back a good practice squad day three guy um like I said, his value can go up and down. Even made a, a, a note of that. You know, hopefully we'll mature in terms of that. Um, let's go down. Might have to skip some people. We're going on 30 minutes, guys. Um, there was a... Was there a... Uh, yeah, and I'm going through my notes. Jalen Ferguson. Jalen Ferguson. He's one of those guys that I don't really want to talk about because it's a situation where he's highly touted right now, and I'll let that wave, you know, you know, be infatuated. I'll do a couple more guys like Jonathan Abram, safety from Mississippi State. Wow, love him, love him. Quick twitch. He's in the mode of a Kaiser White, Jeremy Cash, Minka Fitzpatrick type, physical run defender, great blitzer, aggressiveness can be too much. When reading keys and pass game, he can get full. Um, isn't long. Has to be hip to hip to make plays. I wouldn't play him at free safety. Situational at strong safety, but predominantly like a nickel linebacker type of guy. Um, he's definitely an NFL player. What role? Like I said, same thing with Jaquan Johnson. What role are you? You know, are you drafting this player too? Um, I think he's. He's in that, you know, could creep into the second round, third round type of guy. Jonathan Abrams, uh, Jonathan Abrams is a guy to keep your eyes on. The guy is, is I want to say it's freakish quick twitch, but his recovery is great. He packs a punch. He packs a wallop, makes plays, in, instinctive. I just love players like that. You know, I mentioned Kaiser White and Jeremy Cash because those two players I love as linebackers. Um, I'll do one more player. And then we can conclude. Um, and I was getting to the bottom of the barrel with these last two. Like Deshaun Davis, I mentioned a few. Deshaun Davis, Dennis Daly, and Anthony Johnson. Davis is a thumper. He's really uh, responsive to criticism, and he's trying to get better in pass pro. He's like a heat-seeking missile, has short arms. When he guesses right, it's very beautiful and prototypical. So he's a guy you got to keep your eye on for Deshaun Davis out of Auburn. Um He's the type of guy that he can be better, a better pro than in college. So, uh, Drew Samia is a very nasty guard out of Oklahoma. I just like his nastiness. I think he has a lot of developing and coaching to do. Dennis Daly was a pleasant surprise to look at. At I think he played left tackle, actually. And I think he's a guy that a lot of times when they're big, bulky, and you say move him to guard. No, he's a guy that I believe can stay at either tackle. Did well. Strong, great size for tackle. Um, like a perfect size for tackle great spatial awareness and footwork for a guy his size i want to see him versus speed rushers more held his own um you know those type of guys you want to draft maybe for a power scheme um anthony johnson is a guy that is another like kind of like jared stidham when you just watch him you're not necessarily impressed you go back on tape see great speed quickness agile athlete quick first step targeted a lot at buffalo um, excelled versus his level of comp production staggered a little versus better opponents injuries 
good mid-round to late developmental pickup. I feel like he's a he's a great complimentary wide receiver as as opposed to you know the main guy. You know, I think he's like a uh, uh, I said a a poor man's or off-brand Tyler Boyd, but it really just comes down because of his level of comp, um, and he could work his way up. So I'm not gonna keep you guys too much longer. These are some of the guys from the South Squad that I like, along with. I like Colin Sanders outside of the field. I, like I said, I have to get more on tape. There's some some great minds and, and people who, you know, I respect their opinion a little bit. We're saying, you know, that he's a great player. Um, I feel like that, you know, they're saying like he's a Jarrell Casey, Aaron Donald type. I feel like the physicality, I already know it's going to hard, be hard to trump Aaron Donald's physicality. So that could be out of the window as far as a comp. Uh, you can comp. You can copy him all you want to but it's tough to duplicate that Jarrell Casey is definitely there when I look at his body type so I have to go back but that was some of the my 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 my, the people that I like look for look for Anderson and Minshew to be the South squad's most valuable player Uh, some of the quarterbacks on the North squad I already know that I'm gonna be honest I'm not going to say I don't like them, but based on quarterback play and running back, I believe that the South wins this game and the MVP will be Minshew or Bruce Anderson. That's my early indication. Um, there's another guy that I hate when people do this, and I wish he would have, you know, wouldn't have been one of those sleepers, but Penny Hart, man. I just, I just, I just saw like a snippet of a move that he did on Twitter. And I'm like, this guy, I got to watch tape on him, you know, and, and if they win, it's probably going to be because of him. And I'm just, I'm not putting it all on his back, but that guy's freakish, you know, but anyway, great body control. But anyway, this is, this is going to conclude episode 32 of Barnes university guys. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, it's much appreciated. I'm just a guy that is passionate about the game of football passionate about trying to help the titans get back to a supremacy and uh you know open to consult open to join forces with the titans and uh try to win it all man and that's really what i do that's my passion thanks for tuning in thanks for a guy that's not really trying to be a media guy but just you know putting his opinions on wax and you know it's a beautiful thing so you guys have a great weekend um and you know Thank God for all that you do. I always try to bring that in there if you, every once in a while because nothing would be possible without prayer for me and uh, understanding that, you know, he has all the control. So thank you for tuning in. Um, you guys take care.